0: The Reynolds Aluminum Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. (laughs) The Reynolds Metals Company, makers of Reynolds Aluminum, presents Fibber McGee and Molly Transcribed with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Dick Legrand, Joe Forte, Mary Jane Croft, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Keith Fowler and directed by Max Hutto, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. Tonight, all over the nation, millions are glad to welcome back on the air their favorites, Fibber McGee and Molly. In millions of homes, too, it is good news to know that Reynolds Wrap is now back in plentiful supply. The original and genuine Reynolds Wrap, the foil you can trust with your food. Help yourself to all you want, and remember, there are two sizes. New jumbo economy rolls, 75 feet, as well as the standard 25-foot roll. Save food, save work. Banish scouring by lining broiler pans and baking dishes with Reynolds Wrap. Cover all those refrigerator bowls. Wrap your leftovers to keep them fresh. And, of course, roast your next chicken or turkey in Reynolds Wrap for more flavor and more meat. Stock up at your grocer's now. Ask for it by name, Reynolds Wrap. Made only by the Reynolds Metals Company, world's largest producers of aluminum foil. (laughs) If you had an old school chum who married money, like Mrs. McGee has, and if all you married was McGee, like Mrs. McGee did, you'd probably build things up in your letters to your chum, like Mrs. McGee does. And if the chum was suddenly coming to visit you this afternoon, you'd be upset, too, like Mrs. McGee of Fibber McGee and Molly.
1: dear, those letters of mine. Me and my big fat fountain pen. McGee, put these linen napkins on the table, will you? Sure, kiddo. Move the cups over to make room for my crystal glasses. Okay.
2: My gosh, as the guy said to the baggage man who was loading five St. Bernard's on the train, you sure are putting on a lot of dogs.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll just have to do the best I can, that's all. My goodness, how'd I know I'd ever see Gertrude again?
2: Is this the gal that writes
1: to you from Paris and Miami and all them foreign places? That's her. She always writes how well-to-do they are and what a wonderful life they lead, so I always write and tell her the same thing.
2: You wrote her we were rich?
1: Well, I never actually said we were rich. I just hinted. Maybe I went too far. Well,
2: now, don't you worry about a thing, baby. Old Dad'll back you up. We'll dazzle him.
1: Well, now, let's not get too it. I'll ugly. tell
2: your friend Gert that I built up a bigger fortune than Vanderbilt built.
1: No, dearie, that's not what I want. I'll you. tell her
2: this ain't really our house. I'll tell her we're just breaking it in for the new butler.
1: <laughs> now, McGee, if you listen. Yeah, to the me... one we're going to
2: hire to bottle for the special chauffeur we got to drive the cook to the market in the private armored car.
1: <laughs> I'll say to this date. McGee! Dame... You spoke? I yelled. Oh. I don't want you telling any of those tall tales to Gertrude and her husband. How does the table look now?
2: Well, it looks swell, and it? it all looks well. We ain't ate off of that good china since we used to get up after dinner and wind up the phonograph.
1: <laughs>
2: wish I hadn't have said that.
1: You know, I wish I had a nice silver base for the top of the piano. Hey,
2: Mabel Toops has got a butte. Why don't I go over there and borrow some? That's her? a
1: good idea. I want the house to look as nice Yeah, up. I'll go... Come in. Oh, hello, Mr. Oldtimer. Hello, Donner. Hi there, Johnny. Hi, old... <laughs> What you fixing up the house for, kids? The sociable? We're having company this afternoon. Yeah. An old school friend of mine and her husband. They're just traveling around the country. Travelers, eh? Yep. Puts me in mind of my old friend, Jay Pierpont
3: Suggs.
2: Oh,
4: yeah.
3: Jay Pierpont used to travel from coast to coast in a special car. The only person aboard.
2: Boy, he must have been loaded if he had a private car.
3: I didn't say it was a private car, Johnny. I said he was the only person aboard. Well? The rest of the car was full of cattle.
4: <laughs> you mean your
3: friend was a hobo? One of the best, daughter. Most hobos traveled in box cars, but not Jay Pierpont. He always traveled in cattle cars because there was something different about him.
4: <laughs> what
2: was different about Pierpont?
3: Got his nose broke when he was a kid and couldn't smell a thing. <laughs> That would help.
1: Wasn't he ever put in jail for stealing rides? Oh, no, daughter. He had a system. Yeah? He bought an
3: old cowhide, complete with horns and head, and slipped it on him when he was in the cattle car. (laughs) Anybody that looked in just thought one of the cows was kind of puny.
1: Heavenly days.
3: Only got him in trouble once. Down in Texas, the train stopped, and a fellow went through the cars, branding all the cattle. Oh, boy. To this very day... Jay Pierpont won't take off his pants in public because he's scared the Triple Bar X Ranch might claim him.
2: Is he still cruising around in cattle cars? Not for
3: quite a spell, Johnny. No? About 20 years ago, he was riding through California, and him and a longhorn steer decided they wanted the same place in the car. Uh oh. It was settled in a sporting manner. A sporting manner? Yep. The longhorn tossed him for it.
4: <laughs> tossed
3: him clear out of the car and up into an orange tree. Oh, the poor lad. Oh, uh, it didn't faze Jay Pierpont. He didn't? He picked the oranges, set up a roadside stand, and today he's one of the richest men in California.
2: <laughs> That's quite a success story.
3: Sure is, Johnny. Funny thing, though, rich as he is, cattle still have a place in Jay Pierpont's life. Oh. You mean he raises cattle? Nope. He drives a Cadillac and lives in Catalina. (laughs) Come
4: on, kids.
0: Billy Nelson, the orchestra, (laughs) and sing a little song.
1: I wish McGee would hurry back with that vase. I'm as nervous as a... How'd I get myself into this? I never should have written Gert such fancy letters. Well, you kiddo, know, I'm back.
2: I got the silver vase from Mabel Toops, and it sure is a beaut. And a dozen roses to go into it, too.
1: Roses? Oh, yeah. Oh, they're beautiful, McGee.
2: I picked them just for you, kiddo. Pick them? Old man Jekyll's backyard.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: he came out the door and almost saw me, too, but I scrammed. <laughs> McGee, you... Yeah, can... when I seen him come out the door, I had to duck around the corner from Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> Right, guys, don't you get it, Molly? Jekyll and Hyde the a literary pun, basically. Ain't on... funny, McGee. Ain't.
1: <laughs> no, and I'd make you take them right back if I didn't need them so badly to dress up the house.
2: Uh-oh.
1: Come in. Oh, good morning, Ollie. Well,
2: good morning, Missus. The same to you, McGee. Hi, Ollie. Say, Molly's got some swank friends coming here today, and we're fixing the joint up. You got any family heirlooms we could borrow?
5: No, McGee. We don't have anything worth a hoop. Yeah. <laughs> we used to have some very nice old china plates, but they got broken in the last invasion from Venus. Invasion from Venus. Uh, my, my two little boys, you know, Sven and little Ori, they're all the time playing war in the future games. Oh? Uh-huh. Sometimes they're American space cadets, and sometimes they're invaders from Venus with two heads.
4: Good gracious.
5: But even when they're space cadets, they act like they got two heads. They sort of tear things apart, huh? McGee, she's playing murder. Yeah? Yesterday, they get what they call an atomic yet propelled super radar disintegrator.
1: What in the world would that be? A bunch of firecrackers. (laughs) And then
5: they launch it into space by putting it on the rear end of a guided missile. The rear end of a guided missile? Sure, our dog Jupiter's tail. (laughs) And then they synchronize their Mickey Mouse watches and Jupiter tooks off at 0-100, comes flying through the kitchen window at 12 o'clock high. Wow. And he scores a direct hit on the food the mooses is fixing and knocks the smorgasbord out of the bowl. Goodness yeah.
1: only, that's a little frightening, is
5: You it? said so, missus. <laughs> By them kids, they you scared the britches off of me and my missus. Uh, well, that is, they uh, off of me, they scare the britches
4: <laughs> uh, My missus,
5: you know, she don't, uh... Well, what I mean is, ladies don't... Ve- well, say something, McGee, don't you stood there... <laughs> Hi, Ollie. <laughs> Hello. Mrs. Hello, McGee. Hello, Mrs. I, I should not stay now. I used to drop by to say so long, about you fellas.
1: Well, I better put these roses in water. Hey, what's the stuff on the buffet there? That looks good. Don't touch it. Don't touch it now. I ordered some fancy things to eat from the store. Oh? Some imported cheese and caviar.
2: Oh. And well, Crackers and cheese look good, but... What's that bowl full of
1: BBs for? (laughs) McGee, that is the caviar. Oh, are those caviar? (laughs) Let me see them.
2: Hmm, looks like little black fish eggs to me. Yes. Besides, if you want to impress people, Molly, you got the wrong kind of food anyhow.
1: What would you have bought?
2: Meat. Just plain
1: meat. (laughs)
2: Used to be when a fellow was rich, they said he was in the chips. Now they say he's in the chops.
1: <laughs> Boy, when you're
2: in the chops these days...
0: Hello, Molly. Hi, pal. Hello,
1: Mr. Wilcox. Hi,
0: Junior. I interrupt anything, kids? You expecting company? Oh,
1: yes. An old schoolmate of mine is coming by this afternoon with her husband, Mr. Wilcox. Yeah, they
2: spend all their time traveling, Junior. Florida in the winter, Niagara in the fall, Paris in the spring. Oh, my gosh. That's tough. The poor kids.
1: Poor kids?
2: Huh. You should be poor like they are, son. They're loaded with dough like a ravioli dinner. Well, <laughs> oh, they must not have a very comfortable house,
0: though, or they wouldn't go galloping around all the time. Gee whiz, you ought to tell them, pal. Tell them what? Tell them about Reynolds' aluminum foil insulation for their home. Yeah. Tell them how it reflects heat, how it keeps their home warmer in winter and cooler in summer. Yeah. Oh, they
1: must have a nice home, Mr. Wilcox. They live... And do you
0: know, do you know that farmers these days can give their livestock that same protection against heat and cold with aluminum barns? Barns built of Reynolds Lifetime Aluminum roofing and siding. Is that so? Yes, the smart farmer knows how aluminum pays off in added profits. Well, Pays off in more milk from cows, kept warmer in winter and cooler in summer, under aluminum. Reynolds Aluminum. Oh,
2: I'm in favor of keeping cows cool, Junior. In <laughs> fact, if there's anything I hate, it's a hot cow. <laughs> Uh, these
0: people with the aluminum. No, 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 no. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Now look. Take an aluminum poultry house, for instance. Oh. That pays off in bigger chickens, in more eggs. Yeah. And aluminum hog barns pay off in more pounds of pork per pig. More pork per pig, huh?
2: Sure. <laughs> and
0: not only does Reynolds Lifetime Aluminum Roofing and Siding help the farmer to make money by helping him to produce more, more pork per pig, but it also. <laughs> It also helps him save money by cutting down his costs. Mm-hmm. Because aluminum is rust-proof. Mm-hmm. It
2: lasts and lasts with no need for painting. More pork per pig.
4: <laughs>
2: we ought to pick up a few prize pigs, Molly, because if I could produce more pork for pig, I could have plenty of pounds of prized pork and maybe make a pretty penny out of them precious pigs because pigs is pigs, and pound for pound, you've got to go for the pork, you've got to go now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, pal. Yeah, and just in time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, pal,
0: I really, I really do have to go. And look, look. Yeah? I'm used to you, of course, but I hope you don't keep interrupting Molly's friends when they try to talk this afternoon like you do me. What you mean? Well, you don't want them to go away from here thinking Molly had her wedding in the basement of the railway depot, do you?
1: wedding in the basement of the railway depot?
0: Yes. They'll say, poor Molly. She married beneath her station.
1: Go on, Ken. Oh,
2: brother. (laughs) She married beneath her depot. Oh, If that don't burn the pork right off the pit. What you doing?
1: Oh, I'm just checking this table again. Oh, This vase of roses will help But I do wish we had some nice sterling silver
2: Bowls or trays Hey, what about that big loving cup I won on the Elks Club punch board By taking the last punch that time
1: No, no The one that
2: was genuine simulated silver With the Elks head engraved on it And it says underneath Fever McGee, winner of the last punch, 1943 (laughs) That was pretty
1: Where's that? I planted it
2: Yeah? (laughs) With ivy? With a shovel Oh
1: (laughs) Oh dear, I'll be glad when this day is over Come in
2: Hello, Molly, McGee. Oh,
1: it's nice to see you, Mr. Mayor. Oh, hi,
2: Latribia. Say, you're just the guy we want to see. Yes,
1: I have a problem, Mr. Mayor. Terrible.
2: What sort of a problem, Molly?
1: Well, an old girlfriend is coming to visit me. One I haven't seen since school days. Yeah. I've written to her and bragged a bit about my successful marriage, so... (laughs) Naturally, there's only one thing I can do.
2: Naturally. Hide McGee in the hall closet. (laughs) Why, you baby kissing windbag, I ought to... Punch him. No, no,
1: McGee.
2: Well, he makes me... Well, t-
1: what t- I meant, Mr. Mayor, is that I'm trying to make our little home look as prosperous as possible, so we're borrowing a few nice things from our friends. Oh,
0: oh, I see. Well, I have quite a fine silver tea service I'd be happy to lend you if McGee
2: is willing to be helped by a baby-kissing windbag. Ah, <laughs> oh, no offense, Latrivia. My gosh, this close to election time, you ain't the only guy that's kissing babies. <laughs> Anyhow, it's good for the kids. They learn early in life that they've got to face some pretty horrible things.
1: <laughs> well,
2: personally, I feel that baby-kissing can be overdone. It
0: becomes a routine habit, as in the case of Alderman Kerr was. Oh, mm-hmm. what
1: happened to him, Mr. Mayor? He
0: formed the habit very strongly.
1: Yeah?
2: Whenever
0: he saw a woman pushing a baby carriage, he automatically leaned over and kissed the baby on the head. Oh, poor Kerr. So? So, one day, he was in a market and saw a woman pushing one of those baskets on wheels. Yeah? Without a moment's hesitation, the Alderman leaned over and kissed a cantaloupe.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this silly man, as if a cantaloupe ever voted. <laughs>
0: Yes. And now about my silver tea service, I'll have it here within an hour. The service includes tray, teapot, cream pitcher, sugar bowl, and a small instrument for removing the cubes of sugar Tom You're
2: welcome. Good day. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, Mister. I'll go with you. Get my hat, Molly. He's got a lot of stuff I can borrow. Come on. <laughs>
0: The king's men and Polly put the kettle on. Oh, Polly! What do you want? Polly put the kettle on, the kettle on, the kettle on. Polly put the kettle on and we can have some tea.
6: Polly put the kettle on. Polly put the kettle on. Polly put the kettle on. Let's have tea. Hot cross buns. Hot cross buns. One a penny, two a penny. Hot cross buns. Polly put the kettle on. I'll go buy a bun. When the tea is boiling, we'll have fun. Polly put the little kettle on. Little kettle on. Little kettle on. Polly put the little kettle on. Have a little tea for two. Butter and the jelly and the cream, gingerbread cookies by the score. Here, that kettle let off steam, it's ready now to pour. Oh, Polly, put the kettle on. Polly, Take it off again. Oh, won't you cow- got, Polly? Polly what you put on the kettle and settle down? Settle down. Polly, put the kettle on, the kettle on, the kettle.
1: I'll put the vase of roses on the end table here. The table is ready. My goodness, this silver tea service of the mayor's is just too beautiful, McGee. Hey, how do you
2: like that champagne bucket on the piano there? I borrowed that from Latrivia, too.
1: Champagne bucket? Yeah. What would you borrow that for?
2: What for? My gosh, you want us to look underprivileged? <laughs> Gee, where's all them millionaires drink champagne?
1: Out of a bucket?
2: <laughs> no. No. No, Molly, they drink it out of evening slippers.
4: <laughs> I
2: was going to set a pair of your slippers up there next to the bucket in case Gert's husband gets thirsty, but <laughs> them open-toed shoes leaks so bad that I thought it wasn't...
1: <laughs> no, Maggie. we will not have any champagne.
2: Okay, I couldn't borrow any anyhow.
1: <laughs> I
2: did loan myself a box of Latrivigas dollar cigars while I was there, though, and boys. Uh-oh, they... uh-oh, here
1: huh? they come. Look, uh-oh. there's a car out front. Where,
2: there. where? Let me see. Oh, holy smoke! Look at that limousine! Wow, must be forty feet long.
1: That's her. That's her getting out. That's uh, that's Gertie, all right. Oh boy! Now, boy. P- uh, p- please, McGee, just yeah? take it easy. Now, don't, 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 don't overdo it. No,
2: no. <laughs> don't you worry, Chutsey. They ain't going to top us. Anything they got, we we got the two of them. I'll prompt. Oh, look at that! Here they come! I'll impress them, a Junior.
1: Oh. I'll get it. Hmm. Oh, Gertie, so nice to see you. Oh, Molly, you look wonderful. This is my husband, dear. Charles, this is Molly McGee. Uh,
0: Mrs. McGee, happy to know you.
1: How do you do, I'm sure. And this is my husband. Uh, dearie, this is Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Charmed,
2: I'm sure. Uh,
1: here, Come on, both of you.
2: Yes, pray do. So glad you could drop by. Have a cigar, Charles? A dollar cigar? Thank you, I don't believe I can. Uh, take a handful. Take four or five dollars worth. <laughs> Go ahead
1: Let him get his coat off first, dearie Oh,
2: uh, sit down, both of you Sit there on the divan right in front of the imported sterling silver tea service, child. <laughs> it's very handsome silver, isn't it, Gertrude?
1: Oh, it's lovely, Molly English, isn't it? English? Why, I really... Quite, do... quite <laughs> Molly and
2: I picked it up on one of our trips huh? Just knockabout stuff, really <laughs> Our good set is in the vault, isn't it, Molly? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, it isn't out here, is it? <laughs> very
2: well put, my dear.
1: This is a charming little house you have, Molly. So compact, don't you think so, Charles?
2: Yes, very.
3: Gertrude and I just rattle around in that place of ours.
1: I'll bet it's beautiful, though. Yeah,
2: we're just camping out here, of course.
1: <laughs> Having
2: the big house done over, you know. The country place. Oh, you have a country house?
1: McGee loves the country. He was raised in it, you know.
2: <laughs> Quite a modest home, really, Charles. Nothing elaborate. I don't suppose the house has over 30 or 40 rooms.
1: <laughs> Here, now, please, uh, let's talk about you, Gertrude. Oh, yeah. Uh, you and Charles must have a lot of fun. Your last letter from New Orleans sounded wonderful. Oh, yes, Charles, and I love New Orleans. Oh, yes,
2: New Orleans. I love it.
1: <laughs> I uh, suppose you've seen the French Quarter
4: there. Oh, you bet.
2: I always watch for them things when I'm traveling. <laughs> Anybody tries to pass the French quarter off on me, boy, I hand it right back.
1: Uh, dearie, uh, Gert is talking about old New Orleans. The French quarter... Old or new,
2: nobody hands me any part. Uh, uh,
1: you were in England last year, weren't you, Gert? I got a card. Yes, we had a lovely trip, Molly. Stopped in Bermuda on the way home and oh. spent some time with the Duke and Duchess
0: of Windsor. Oh. They're grand people.
2: Oh, yes. Wally's an old friend you know. Ah, yes. Good old Wally. <laughs> How is he, anyhow?
4: He?
1: Uh, Wally is the Duchess, dearie.
2: He is? <laughs> oh. Got promoted again, eh?
4: <laughs> ah, good old
2: Wally. Splendid, chap.
1: Uh, Gert, uh, Charles, how about a slug of tea?
2: Yes, some tea. Pour him some tea, Molly, out of the sterling silver teapot. Uh,
1: just a spot, then.
2: Yes, just a spot out of the pot. So,
4: uh, so,
3: as I was saying, McGee, Gertrude and I had a delightful time in England. Yes,
0: Charles
2: loves English cars, you know.
3: Yes, I'm especially fond of the Rolls-Royce. Aren't
2: you, McGee? Oh, yeah, yeah, great little car, if you're left-handed.
1: <laughs>
2: I like a big car myself.
1: Yes, yes, he does. The car we ride in the most is about 60 feet long. <laughs> It has eight wheels, and it's painted as sort of a streetcar red. <laughs>
4: now,
2: Molly, please, we don't want our friends to think we're trying to impress them, do we? <laughs> After all, well, I'll get it. Butler's day off, you know. Have to answer our own, <laughs> own phone. Call Probably,
1: Probably my bank. Be firm. <laughs> uh, will you go back home from here, Gert, or... Uh... We're not sure, Molly. We may drive south from here and fly down to Havana for a while. Oh, Havana. We often talk about going there, but <laughs> you know how it is.
3: Yes, I suppose Mr. McGee is pretty busy making money like he does. Okay, yes,
1: just making ends... Oh, uh, who was it, dearie?
2: Call was for you, Charles. Me? Yeah. A uh, Mr. Vanderbuck.
1: Uh-oh.
2: Said to tell you to put your chauffeur cap back on and get that Rolls-Royce over to the hotel pronto.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Want you to drive him someplace. Whoops.
4: <laughs> How's that? Don't cat? You
1: mean... And
2: Gertie, Mrs. Vanderbuck says to get over there and help her into her girdle. Says you know she can't get into it without you.
1: Oh. She told me I could have the afternoon off. No wonder she can't keep a maid the way she pushes us around. Maid and chauffeur? You mean all those... T- <laughs> yes, it's our job. Well, heavenly days. Gertrude Jones. Oh, I'm sorry, Molly. We've always <laughs> wanted to be rich. That's all we, Gert.
2: <laughs> How's
1: that... You too. Sure, we can dream too. McGee, get the car out and return this borrowed silver. Borrowed? You mean you borrowed? Yeah, we're
2: just trying to keep up with the Joneses.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
4: Uh,
1: This is wonderful. Now, when you kids get off tonight, uh, Gert, come back here. Yeah, and uh, we'll throw out this caviar and break out the bologna and have ourselves a real time. (laughs)
0: River and Molly, return in a moment. On hot days this past summer, maybe you regretted not having put in that heat reflective insulation you've heard so much about. Reynolds Aluminum Reflective Insulation. Well, listen, aluminum's heat reflection works both ways for year round comfort. It throws summer heat off and it reflects the heat from your furnace or stove back inside the house where you want it. It's also a wonderful vapor barrier. This Reynolds aluminum foil bonded to craft paper. It's clean, pliable, easy to tack or staple in place. If you'd like a free sample of Reynolds aluminum reflective insulation, we'll be glad to send it to you. Just mark insulation on a postcard with your name and address and send it to Reynolds Metals Company, Louisville 1, Kentucky. That's Reynolds Metals Company, Louisville 1, Kentucky. You'll see why builders look to aluminum for progress. And to Reynolds Metals Company... For Progress in Aluminum.